0: Live from Tel Aviv, two nice Jewish boys. Hi, I'm Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Noor Mininger. Being the startup nation doesn't necessarily mean that all the industries here are high-tech industries. Israelis are innovative in many other fields, agriculture, public transportation, and even insurance. But one of the hottest fields nowadays is without a doubt medtech, which basically means innovation that has to do with the medical and pharmaceutical fields. But all those big words were very far from Kess's life, just a few decades ago. Growing up as an Orthodox Jew in the religious and ancient city of Tzfat, in Israel's north, his world consisted of Torah and mitzvot. But gradually something within him led him down a completely different path, a direction which won him an award a few weeks ago in China, recognizing his company, Valen and its role in assisting in building the Chinese health system. Shmulik is here with us today to talk about his amazing life and career. This podcast is made in cooperation with The Jewish Journal, www.jewishjournal.com. Also in cooperation with Secret Tel Aviv, Israel's largest online social network community in English. Just look for the group on Facebook or visit them at secrettelAviv.com. Subscribe to Two Nice Jewish Boys on iTunes.
1: And if you like the podcast, don't forget to rate us. Hello, Shmulik. Hi,
2: nice to be here.
0: Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for joining us. So tell us a little bit uh, about the award that you won last week in China.
2: Okay. So the award that I uh, won was actually, I think, defined as one of the 10 people, the 10 people in the economy in Anhui province in China. Anhui province, just to make it uh, make sense a little bit, it's about 70 million people. Small. small. (laughs) Yeah, small. We're a stop bus. (laughs) A uh, bus stop uh, compared, and um, that was it. It's a, it was on, on live television, uh, broadcast live. It was a very interesting and unique experience. But what in does that New? mean? Ten Sorry.
0: people in the economy, like the ten people, the that... ten
2: most influential people in the economy for 2016.
0: Ah, okay, I see. In
1: the yeah. whole of China, and uh, not in the just...
0: whole. No, in the in the Hanoi province. In the province, yeah, for in the, the province, province but yeah. the, but still, seventy million, which is based right. the population of France. Right, something like That's that. That's huge. Yeah.
1: And when you went there, did you realize what's going to happen exactly?
2: No, I actually didn't. I was really surprised. I was I was invited, and I you know kind of decided to pay my respects. And if they invite me to come, mm-hmm. and when I got into the, actually it was done in a very big um, uh, studio, a television studio, and when I went in, I was uh, it was like the Oscars. It was red carpets. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, that's what happens when you go to a province with seventy million people. Yeah. You go to a small television studio, and there's like two, three hundred thousand audience members. Right. People running
2: around with the headphones and speakers, yeah. and, and
0: and So what? Red carpet, media, everything. big celebrity,
2: everything, everything. The 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 hosts of the show apparently are very famous TV celebrities, mainly women. Uh-huh. And it was very interesting, very surprising, and. It's exciting because you, you you don't know what to expect, and you just walk in, and you're it's like, wow. <laughs> so, what did you receive this award for? So, actually, our my company, we started off about seven years ago in China, um, and that's how this, the company actually started. Where they came to us, a company, a private company in China, private, okay. In China, it's very sometimes difficult to know what private is. Yeah. And, Chinese Where the, w- private, yeah, Chinese private. The, the government's always involved, but it was a private. It's a private company. They came to us and they said that we have. They have a very big ambition and aspiration to um, um, get or acquire the technology for insulin and produce insulin in China for China. And us as being as biotech experts, we mm-hmm. said we can do that. The only thing required is you put down a down payment, so we can gather a team, build
0: some labs and get to work and they said wow. okay so i i, I want to get into the details of this but i think before we get to the insulin and the side gen we I love want... insulin it, i just
2: yeah. I, I need to correct you guys it's not side gen it's valen. valen oh okay, oh, okay. okay. No, no, no i
0: worked in the past in gen so i don't know where you got it from but it's fine okay, ah, okay sorry we apologize so it's valen right valen is the company right okay um I want it before we get into Valin and insulin and the in and your work in China, which is fascinating. Let's take a huge step backwards in uh, in time. And you actually grew up. Were you you were born in the states, but you grew right. up in Tzfat. I grew up. I was born in the states. We
2: made an aliyah. We immigrated to Israel when I was ten years old mm-hmm. to Tzfat, which is northern Israel. Yes. And to a, I was born to an ultra orthodox family, or Haredi, what we call in Israel. Hasidim? Uh, no, actually, Litvak. Mm-hmm. It's the the mm-hmm. opposite of uh, of Hasidim. Although I grew up in in Sfat, it was a Hasidic kind of community. Right. So I'm kind of familiar with the both, uh, both environments. The yeah, and it's quite different worlds. It's not black. It looks black from the outside, but there's a really? lot of yeah. It's fifty shades of gray, actually wow <laughs> that's fascinating <laughs> yeah with and... all
0: the connotations or... <laughs> <laughs> i don't know oh yeah so you grew up in the states in new jersey as as you right. said before and then you moved to Safat and um uh, which is in northern israel by the way next near the galilee right on the it's
1: road. northern israel it's Probably one of the most beautiful cities in Israel, I think. Mm-hmm. One so of the potent- ancient it's cities. It's ancient. It's beautiful. It's, uh, but it's very detached, very um, disconnected from the, the rest of the state because it sits on a mountain in the Galilee, which is periphery by itself. So it mustn't be that easy to grow up
2: there. It's not that easy to grow up there. It's um, as a kid, and I think I, even as a teenager, it's, it's kind of boring. Okay. It's, right. It's, no clubs, you know, no. no. Nothing to do there. Um, when I was 13, I was actually sent away to a yeshiva. Hmm. And we st- I started off in Petartikva, which is more or less center Israel. Yes. And, and there um, I was there for about four years which is kind of equivalent to high school or you know mid school high school why were you sent there because that's 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 the way of life I Oh, mean, so everybody are everybody sent away. at the time at the time that was very that was very acceptable today it's a little bit different but when, the, when are we, are we we're talking about 80 80, 80 something 84 okay. 85 right and and that that's how it went at the time you were 13 year old you're bar mitzvah and you're you're a man and now you're kicked out it's not really kicked out, but you, you go away yeah. to a kind of a dormitory with others. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's about 200, 300 kids, same age. And that's, that's all boys. Kind of, all boys, only boys. And it's equivalent to to mid school, high school. You finish high school, about you're about 16, 16, 17. It's not actually high school. And then you go to what's called Yeshiva Gvoha or higher Yeshiva, which is more or less 16, 17 until you're married. Right, uh-huh. and then I was the, so I was there for about to, till I was 16, 17, and then I moved to Jerusalem to a yeshiva in Jerusalem. You were good at it. <sighs> if I was good at it, gadol <clears throat> b'torah. Um, I, I, I was you know in, in yeshiva. There's a lot of kind of there's there's this kind of stigmas that that you get. There's the very, the the very I don't know, into it Orthodox, and there's what they call the gifted. Okay, you're smart. Hey, Louis. Yeah, you're smart, but you're not you're not into the into the to the religious stuff. So I was kind of considered the gifted. I was smart. I was good. I knew it was. I had good questions. I had good answers. I didn't really like to sit, um, and it's a lot of sitting. I mean, it's waking up early morning, you know, davening, and then mm-hmm. until nine ten o'clock you're learning. You go to bed and nine, then, 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, it's it's a full day. It's a long day. Uh, so I was good at it um to say that I really connected emotionally what, what, at some point I disconnected. What mm-hmm. was going on through your head these you know thirteen no when 14, you, uh, when I was a kid, I was into it, no doubt uh-huh. okay um but as time evolved and I started getting more familiar with outside, um it, I kind of got a little bit more confused.
0: Mm-hmm. What, what do you mean confused?
2: What what intruded me was was basically, and I I mentioned it in. Uh, you probably saw that it was. I I ran into history books, and that started fascinating me. How did you run into them? I I found they... I found the, I found the last book. I I, I, just, uh-huh. I picked I picked up something from the street.
1: So literally a moment in your biography, that you can point to that brought upon great changes, eventually.
2: Yeah. Uh, totally it's amazing so, so you found a totally.
0: history book and then how did history exactly lead
2: to so I, I, I you know Jewish people in, in general and, and, and Orthodox people in, in particular are very into history right we, we 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 still grieve the temple being broken down yes we, we don't we don't forget anything okay we're right before Passover we're gonna sit down and we're gonna re- remind ourselves of the Egypt's the Egyptians which either happened or didn't happen, but it was, I don't know, 2,000 years ago. Yes. We don't forget anything. So I was I, I, I liked history. So history was a big part of me. But when I read the history book, I was kind of, okay, there's the history that I know may not be necessarily the history that actually happened. And what I was really into was the World War II. Mm-hmm. was the Holocaust. And I had a very, very narrow narrative that as an as a ultra-Orthodox kid I had, and I'm talking specifically about the narrative about the state of Israel, Zionism. Which and, was? Which was? Which was that the Zionism had a big part in... It, 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 it's it's kind of more complicated, but if we go to the specifics, for instance, there's a lot of blaming going on that the, the Hungarian Jews were murdered because of Zionism. Okay? That Eichmann came and offered to um, pay... Um, Yes,
1: there was negotiations between uh, uh, the grandfather of
2: uh, right,
1: it's Kastner, Kastner and, uh, right. and Eichmann, that they will let some Hungarians go in return for, for payments, payment, and uh, Kastner was the representative of the Zionists in Israel. Right, and this the, is forty-four. This right, is like right. after. Auschwitz, after everything, most of the Jews are
2: dead. And who is Kastner? Kastner. Kastner Kastner is actually the grandfather of Of Merav Merav Michaele, who is a Knesset member today. She's a Knesset member.
1: Kastner uh, was a big uh, guy in the Zionist movement. He lived in Israel. a leader of the Hungarian Jews? No, he was really affiliated with them because he was Hungarian, but he was already living in Israel. Uh But then at the... Pretty late in the war, they realized, hmm, maybe we should do something about uh, the Holocausts going on, and they figured the only way is to negotiate with the Nazis because they were desperate for money. Okay. So, um, so then uh, they said, "We'll bring them money, and they will free some of the Hungarian Jews," which was probably the last Jewish community not to be uh, an- annihilated yet. But what happened eventually is that only uh, like a little part of the deal came through. Uh, Kastner was able to save only 1,000 Jews. We're uh-huh. talking about hundreds of thousands of a community. About a so, million. I think. A million. And he uh, saved 1,000 miyuchasim uh-huh. um, in return for everything. And the rest weren't even warned. Huh. So it is claimed. So yeah. what we were back to the. So it was very critical and and, and so are so so there's a lot of
0: blame going on. There's a lot the, of blame and a lot
2: of a lot towards Zionism. Uh, so sort of Zionism that that kind of the Zionist in Israel Ben Gurion and, and and others at the time uh, purposely let it go and didn't agree to the to the deal mm. because it was kind of the. That, that was kind of supposed to be the Greece and the the, the 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 becoming of the state of Israel. Right. So if, you know, we, we're just a little bit short of another few Jews in gas chambers and the world will give us the state.
1: Aha, this is what was talked about. Right. But what about a narrative saying that Zionism is a sin by itself and the Holocaust is the price the Jews paid for thinking about going to Israel that wasn't no
0: that's not, that's not something that i, uh, okay, I re- okay, recall okay. being talked about but you're saying they basically there's a narrative going on that there was at least there was at least the narrative going on that zionism actually sort of a conspiracy theory that zionism had interest in letting these almost million jews right. go to the gas chambers right. in order to put pressure on the international community to let the why establishment why would the
2: of... orthodox wow. come up with that I think there's a little bit truth in it. I mean, there's it's not. I think there's a little bit truth in it. I'm not so sure that everything is a hoax. It's not really a conspiracy, total conspiracy. There was Kastner. Um, to the best of my recollection, he was murdered, right? He was yeah. murdered at the end. He actually stand for trial in Israel for treason. Yes. It's and an amazing story. We right. won't get into it, but right. it's amazing story. So, so there's a lot of truth there and a lot of not truth. In, in, at least reading through biographies of people that lived there, including Ben Gurion, that wasn't the case. And let's face it; I mean, we were talking about negotiating with the Nazis. They were they weren't really into saving Jews at all. Yes. they were there for the money because that was the end of the war and they really needed it. They actually were, it wasn't money; they wanted trucks and and and, yes. and others supplies. From, they wanted supplies from the, from the Allies. Anyways, I read I read the book. uh, I figured out that it's more complicated than I'm hearing, and there's a lot more going on other than that. And I was really I'm up to date. Okay, I I can read any book that gets out on the history of the World War Two, and and from there on I started reading other books, going to libraries and. Now I must ask though, because we need to understand
1: this: reading such books, in the community you came from, what is that an unforgivable sin? It's
2: a thing you do not do. It's a thing you don't know. It's not accepted. <clears throat> Most of my friends, um, my, my friends at the time, if they brought home a book, the, the routine was the parents read the book and they decide if it's appropriate for you to read it. Right. I came, my parents were American and a little bit more liberal. And um, they really, I don't think they were either, either aware of the damage, so-called damage down the road from a kid reading books. Right. It was like you're reading books. That's nice, you know. Get get educated, be smart. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was they, I don't I don't think they even realized the world that I was living in, the Orthodox world I was living in, and how 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 extreme it was from their perspective i mean they were you know americans they were that's where they were born mm-hmm. and they, they didn't really see what was going on because in israel orthodox a little bit more it's a little bit more extreme at the time because
1: it's easier to get out than yeah.
2: when you're in the ghetto in new york right or... right and and, and 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 there's a big difference of being jewish in israel and being jewish in the us because here you don't really need to differentiate yourself from anybody Everybody's right. the same you're not worried about getting not getting married with a jew or or losing Judaism. Yes. As opposed to Jewish uh, Americans where it's more difficult.
0: So what was the breaking point? What was the point
2: where you were like, okay, this is... It's, there's no breaking point. It's a long, long, long okay. journey. There's no breaking point. I can't point at one. What age was the book? The book was about, I think it was 14.
1: Okay, so afterwards you go to the yeshiva, and, right. and, but something nests inside right. you. And I
2: keep on reading and reading and reading. And ultimately I run into a lot of books about Zionism. Okay, so I'm checking out this whole Zionism Nazi mm-hmm. issue. Let's see what it's all about. Yeah, and and I'm reading a lot of history, and I'm kind of very impressed. And I'm a kid, a lot of adrenaline. And there's the um, the the underground um, underground movements, Palmach and Haganah and Lehi. Yes, legendary. Uh, legendary, right? And a lot of bravery and hero heroism going on. And then there's the early days of the IDF. And, and so at some point, I figure I'm, I'm, I, am, I understand that I'm, I'm never going to be part of this. I'll never be a hero. I'll never, you know, I'm, I'm looking up to these people, but I'm not a part of it. I'm something else. Right. And it starts really, really nesting in me. And at one point, I just, I say, I, I, need, to, I need to join this issue. And I, and I decide to join the IDF. That's, uh-huh. that's If you want to call it, that's the breaking point. How mm. did you do it? It took me a while. Took me a while. Um, I used to take the bus, go to the drafting point, uh-huh. just you know, walk around, see how it looks, and get away. Hmm. For a year, that's what I did. Still wearing the. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do anything. Just, just to, to you know, to to, to practice to practice the routine. You know, where do you go in? Who do you talk to? And just leave. Talk to nobody and just leave. At one point, I had enough courage. I went in. I said, I want to join. And it went, and then from there it went really quickly. I mean, they said okay, you know, and I was I was kind of surprised. But two months later,
0: I was with the was with the uniform army. And how did your uh, how did your folks take this? My folks took it hard. Um, at what point did they find out?
2: They they found out uh, when I decided to join the IDF. I came home and I you know popped the uh, the news. Yeah. They didn't like it at all. But they. I don't think they like it up to date. Okay, it's not something that they're proud of, mm-hmm. but they they accepted it. They accepted it, and I think one important uh, decision they made was that, as opposed to a lot of other families, w- at my time it wasn't f- it wasn't popular at all. I mean, I didn't know anybody that did such a thing. Yeah. Today it's more a lot more popular. Today
1: you have organizations that right. support the people who go out
2: of religion. Right, and there's a lot of Haredi that go to the army. There's even Haredi units and such. Yes. At, at the time there wasn't such a thing. Right. But they decided they're not going to disconnect from me, which at the time was, was kind of the the way to go. If you have a kid or a rotten apple, they called it, so you kick out the rotten apple. Yeah. So it doesn't rot everybody. Yeah. Fiddler else. on the roof. Yeah. Um, so
0: you're too, till today in touch with your parents.
2: Yeah, yeah. We we have very good relationship, and I it's it's. I mean, I give it to them because at the time I was I was you know I was a kid. Yes. And I was looking for a fight, and that was the easiest way to go. Yeah. Okay, so how was the army for you? It was as you imagined? The army for me... The the army for me was a a life changer from where I am today. Okay, I came in just... You know, I wanted to join the army. I didn't really know anything else. I wanted to be in combat unit. Mm -hmm. And that was more or less the only thing that interested me. Um, But in the army, I met a lot of very highly educated kids. Very smart. Very ambitious. The melting pot. The melting pot. And, and I figured out well, hey you know life doesn't really look this way. I need to get an education I need to go to university and, and I started you know kind of craving out the way I want to go and it wasn't such because I was you know that it was for me it was everybody else is doing this I need to be do- doing that as well because when I came in I actually thought the only thing I need in life is get to the army, go through and then get to work yeah I didn't really everything have thing will in, everything will work out. And, and and at the time, today it's a little bit different in Israel. At the time, if you didn't go to the army, you couldn't work. And all I wanted to do is work, earn money. Because, I don't know if you know, but most of the Haredim are very poor. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I came from a very poor family. And all I wanted to do have is a little better life than I lived on. And have a little bit of money and be able to, you know, to have a, a little bit of a better life. And that that was my plan. But then I came in and I met these friends and they're all... They have their RCTs done, and they're, and, they're, and they're on the way to the university. This is going to learn economics. This is going to learn uh, uh, law. And I decided that that's something that I need to pursue as well. And so where did you pursue that? How did you pursue so that? So I, fi- I, I finished the army. And in Israel, there's a program for, for people that finish the army, and they don't have bagrut what, what what we call I don't know what the high school uh, diploma high school diploma or high school graduation matriculation I, matriculation it's called precise yeah and um you can join you can join this kind of school before it's and it's called pre academic or whatever and it's even more interesting the army pays for it ah okay okay so it was kind of going to school for
0: free and I got my diploma. Uh-huh. Now, I have to ask, at that point, meaning at the point you joined the army, you stopped being religious? No, it was a
2: process throughout the army. I came in religious, and actually when I came in, I actually thought I was going to be an example of somebody that... You'll prove everyone that it's that possible wrong. Right. to combine <laughs> the two worlds together. Uh, right, right, I'm going to be the, 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 the exemption and the example. It didn't work out. <laughs> um, Although the settlers <laughs> do it. This, not all of them. Yes. There's problems there as well um but that's th- a different it's a different, different world it's yeah. more liberal. you yes. can talk about things you can ask questions where I came from. you don't ask questions, yeah um,
0: yeah and what how did your so you went in and eventually came out you went into this this machine and then eventually came out the other end popped him up, not religious yeah. but how did the um how did the process go about i mean when, i guess actually a better question is where do you stand today as far as religion it's it, it, it's a, it's interesting I, you know it, is there a god no, is
1: there a god
2: i don't believe so but but that you know then 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 you ask question are you an atheist but i think atheism is also some kind of belief uh-huh. and I, I don't believe in beliefs. i actually met a religious guy in the in the american in the u.s embassy in tel aviv one day and we were talking and he's and we were i don't know for some reason we were sitting once another and he said you know you're, you're not an atheist you're indifferent and I mean, you just don't give a damn yeah. uh, if agnostic. there is of there is you're agnostic for it, and I kind of agree to that, but if you know if if you ask me if you go in a little bit deeper philosophically, I think uh, Spinoza is somebody that had a lot of influence uh-huh. on me, and I got is of, nature, God is nature. I you know Einstein also had a similar God. the universe is is mm-hmm. God, and, and but that that's more or less where I am today. And I'm more for, if we're talking about um, re- religion, Judaism, mm-hmm. I'm more for the, um, the, um, between, the, the between
1: people. Right. Uh, Before we get to the science part, I must also ask you this, because I, in the interview I read with you, you say that you wouldn't have taken that path again. So could you explain that? It's, uh, you know, it struck me. saying
2: it's it's it listen it's a very very difficult struggle you're on your own you're a kid everybody's against you and you're paving the way without any any advantages or any you're an you're you're an underdog yes and it's very hard it's depressing at times and you pay a price you, you burn bridges that you cannot return on. Friends. Friends. F- sometimes family. Me, me personally, it wasn't family, but most times it's family as yes. well. And it's, you know, you're, you're, that's the way, your way of life. That's, the, that's your intuition. That's the, your dreams. Everything there, you, you need to change who you are. You need to change personality. And, right. and it's something very difficult to do. It's very difficult to do on your own. And you're not most of the time you're a kid, you're without money, you have no support from your house from your parents. We all like to have our parents proud of us. And your parents are not proud of you. And every time I call my mom and tell her that I finished another stage and she go, what do you need it for? What's it going to help you in life? Yeah, and sounds I, like uh, your mom on with yeah. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it goes on and on. I think the first time I really heard her proud when I said, you know, mom, I'm we're moving to Boston. I got accepted to MIT, and she was, oh wow, <laughs> that I, got her. kind of she's a it, Jewish
1: mom after yeah, all.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it kind of sunk in. way. the guy, the, the the kid actually went someplace. But until then, and I was I was about 30, 30 right. something years old already. I mean, I I didn't really get a much appreciation. Yeah um love yes appreciation no um it's hard it's it's really hard
1: i think maybe mainly it's the there's the israeli song go to the unknown a path to the unknown that's what it is basically
2: it's also learning a a new language a new a new culture yeah okay you're you've learned in institutions only boys you weren't elected you weren't allowed to talk to the girls you don't know
1: how to interact with you don't girls know how, you don't know
2: how to interact and, and so how do you learn that that's very difficult it's it's basically by it's like <laughs> a, it's like a scientist you observe and observe and observe and you figure out how it works but you know you observe can, you, hypothesize yeah but even if you experiment. watch if you, even if you watch uh, even if you watch um, a, co- a stand-up comedy today some people really laugh at it because you know when do you when do you kiss somebody on their cheek or when do you don't? When do you give a hug? When do you when do you don't? They get locked up for
1: much less. So. Yeah,
2: and, and when do you shake hands? When is it appropriate? When are you stocking? When is it appropriate? When what's considered acceptable? Uh huh. You you don't want to be a freak, right? You want to be and it's and you don't know how to do it. You never. I I see my kids, right? They grow up with girls. They they know the language. It's yes. it's, it's intuitive.
0: Yeah. It wasn't a two it wasn't. Minute. So do you, it, do you remember the first time that you had to, or one of the first times where you had to interact with a girl?
2: I, I, I do remember. And I remember it was very difficult. And I went home, you know, I don't know. I don't remember where I was, but I was thinking about it a lot. Was I appropriate? Did I do something not appropriate? Yes. What does she think of what I did? Was that okay? Or did I cross lines that I shouldn't have crossed? Mm-hmm. It's, it, and it's...
0: It's a long, specific
2: right. process. Right. Yeah. And that's not the only thing you're dealing with. I mean, you have a whole life of going around. So it's, it's uh, all together,
1: right. mixed into one. Right. It's, it's a um, storm.
2: It's amazing. So how did you get to MIT then? So I, I went I went, I went. to get the, my high school diploma or whatever you called it and finished that and decided um, it was kind of obvious that I'll go. Get you can a, take the mic to, towards you a little bit.
0: Not like here. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. There we go. There you are.
2: Okay. You got and, the diploma. Yeah, I got the diploma, and it was kind of obvious that I'm going to do a bachelor's uh, degrees. And um, I actually wanted to go to med school. That was my, my dream. Mm-hmm. I'm going to become an a, a MD, a doctor so I my, it's interesting
0: though why, where did that passion come from because you had this passion for history and then all of a sudden I don't know
2: I don't know it just it was something in me I always liked the 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 kind of the, I never knew the ER uh, mm-hmm. but it was kind of well if there is no God at least you can play the role of God maybe, maybe that was it I, I think I, a lot of kids like that it's kind of you know playing God and I like the idea of becoming an MD so I went I went and learned emergency medicine which was a uh, kind of a pre-med and the idea was afterwards to join med school and on the way I kind of fell in love with uh, pharmacology mm-hmm. and I decided I didn't want to become a, an MD. Becoming a doctor in was a little bit complicated. I was talking to a lot of doctors that were teaching me and a lot of them said, you know, Shmulek, stay away. <laughs> it's not for you and, and ov- ultimately uh, I decided that I'm going to go for pharmacology, do a master's in my pharmacology so I did that. During my master's, my boss con- uh, convinced me that master's is not not much. You need a PhD. Mm-hmm. So I continued to do a PhD. And then I did a PhD, and, and I figured out that I want to experience um, practicing science in the highest degree possible. So I said, I'll do a postdoc. And, and if I do a postdoc, I should do it where, you know wherever things really happen. Yes. Harvard, MIT, Stanford. So uh-huh. I, I tried to get into MIT and I was accepted to one of the labs there and we went to MIT. And it's
0: wow. amazing, wow! And how long does this whole process? This From is a bachelor's to this uh, is
2: about a more than ten years.
0: Ten years. Yeah, it's a long process. It's a big chunk, and right. you're in the states the entire time.
2: No, no, I'm here, and then I was in I, I was in Boston at MIT for three years.
0: Uh, the Boston was was but, just a postdoc, right? Just a postdoc. The ah, okay, the the,
2: the PhD the, was in the Hebrew University. Ah, okay.
1: Okay, so um, uh, tell us about your company then. How did you get to that idea? What's the innovation of it? What do you guys do?
2: It, it's it, 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 you call it innovation. It's, it's a little bit more complicated. So we we were all working in another company, mm-hmm. and and the dream was to you know build something by ourselves. I was at the time a CEO of another startup. That faded away shortly. Like most startups. Yeah, like most startups. uh, That startup actually came back to Israel for. So I was in Israel. Somebody recruited me, convinced me to build a startup based on something that I did during my PhD work. We raised some money through the government, and it it faded away. And the dream was to do something else, to do something big. And we were looking and talking to investors, trying to convince them of this idea we had. Nobody really understood what we were talking about. What was it? It, that, it was actually, we'll build a lab. We'll start developing biosimilars, which is kind of the generic form of biologics. More complicated. I won't get into okay. it. But it was, and, and and we'll sell the technology to third parties. And we'll build facilities, manufacturing facilities. And we'll go on and on. Right. And um, that's where it started. And then we were in another company. And we had a, a Chinese partner there for other issues. And, and when they came over, as I mentioned at the beginning, and said, you know, guys, I want to develop insulin. I want to build a big facility. I raised a lot of money for it.
0: Now, what what is the problem? Because insulin, I mean, exists all over the world. Insulin exists all over the How world. How old is this technology of insulin? It's about. It's from the eighties, early eighties. Uh huh. Okay. Literally. So where the hell are the Chinese? Like, why why are they so you know?
2: It, event, it's, you know, it, they were producing a ton. They they I? they're producing they're producing insulin, but not in high quality and in in and China, as time goes by, they're very interested in high quality, especially medicine mm-hmm. and they don't really believe Chinese firms. they really believe the the um, the regulatory pathways of of the west, yes, and they wanted to have a high quality um the state of the art technology, so who's stopping them? Nobody's stopping them, but but China's a little bit not advanced enough in this area because it requires a lot of experience, many years of experience. And China's around there with the biotech industry, I don't know, seven years, eight years. They're, uh-huh. they're not really there. They're picking up and they'll pick up eventually. It's not something they won't pick up One eventually. day they'll sell the technology. That's, that, yeah, that's no, there's no question about it. But like they're doing with electronics and other things, instead of inventing the wheel, they'll buy the wheel mm-hmm. and start from there. Mm-hmm. So that was the strategy. Instead of starting and, and wasting seven, eight years to try to develop the technology, let's go to people that know how to do it We'll do it with a, in a lot shorter time. We'll have it. We'll absorb it. We'll adopt it. And we'll go on from there. And that's what they actually
0: did. And what what made you guys in a unique, put you guys in a unique position to, to provide this? Why hadn't they done this before? Why hadn't they turned to other people?
2: I th- I th- uh, you know, I was, I, I was in a, with a company in, in Germany. Um, we were their clients. And we were talking and the, the, the vice president of business development told me that he's on his way to Shanghai. They want to do business in China. And I told him, you're going there as a German? And he said, yeah, I think... I said, you're not really going to succeed there, you know. You can't be German in China.
1: What does it mean? It
2: means that you need to be flexible. (laughs) Okay. Okay? (laughs) And that's something that I think we Israelis have. Why is is that, though? Why are we flexible? No, why does does it... Is because it, because that's that's the way that's the way business works in china they're they're very sophisticated in some terms bartering bartering negotiating negotiating what they want what they don't want they wanted this they wanted that they want to change the plan and that's you need some, to pivot a lot right and that's something that we as is good at where i call
0: i call myself a spaghetti right i can <laughs> i can be anything you want <laughs> They're um, they're 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 like kind of I mean I've heard before that they're kind of the Israelis of Asia like in that sense like Japan they're very you know right. uh, strict right, and German right, and right. and China they're all over the place they're right. yelling out of their car and, right I agree yeah. I agree so it takes an Israeli time and how
2: did Israel. you know yeah. that about China at that point we didn't know that but that's I think I think they, they No, I but think... you
1: said you told the German guy that... no no that
2: was that was after we started, ah, okay. we started working I, I I just started from the end. But when they, I think when they came over, first of all, they knew us a little bit and they had from, I'm sure they, they shopped around. You had a reputation. And I, th- I think they shopped around as uh-huh. well. I'm sure they were in Germany or in France or whatever and talked to other companies and figured out that, you know, that, that Europeans or Americans are very strict. There's only one way and it's our way. And they came over to us and we said, okay, whatever you want, yeah. we'll, we'll work it out. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll make it work. <laughs> whatever you want yeah uh, whatever
1: you want sugar yeah yeah. get get, well just get the deal but you know i i but i if i'm not correct me if i'm mistaken but in the interview you said something that was so interesting to me that there was an element of racism in the sense that they they people wouldn't sell them certain technologies to the chinese in uh, an aim for for them to be always the needy client who buys from you from those states who don't, and for them not to have the actual technology to produce because it's more comfortable for certain interests. Is yeah. there such an
2: element? I think I was referring more in general. So you, you talk to companies, I think it's changing, but years, a, a few years ago, you talked to companies, Israeli companies and Western companies in general, and you say, let's do business with China. And they say, no, they're going to steal it. Mm-hmm and we're not going to have it and they're going to steal and they're going to steal and, and uh, that's not our experience at all. I mean, we, we've done a lot of business in China and we've had great experience um, with very uh, dignified business. No, you know, all the stories about getting getting screwed up and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't experience that. I, I'm aware that we're working with the highest quality of people and the highest quality of industries. I mean, it's medicine. It's not plastic uh, toys which maybe it's a little bit different but we, we I, i've enjoyed i've joined the 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 the, um,
0: the relationships the interactions it's been very so you had um you know left spot went to the army you uh turned into this great success and your mother can't brag about you to the other jewish mothers in the community i think i
2: think i think today she's a little bit more braggable i mean you're talking about an interview she didn't like the interview and that's that's an understatement really um, yeah but i think she didn't like I, but most what she didn't like or she was offended by was my 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 little bit talk about god if he was or wasn't uh-huh but,
0: um, so she's not gonna like this one, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but uh, how I'm, is that now? Like, do they do they can they talk about you, you know, in the community? Or, yeah, yeah. how does the community with it?
2: Uh, I, I'm not so much in contact with the community anymore. Uh-huh. I mean, the contact only contact I have is with family. I don't really con- um, connect with the community anymore. I don't really give anything for what the community thinks about me anymore, it's not really mm-hmm. my interest. I have a good relationship with my parents my with my siblings I think they're they're kind of proud and uh, you know you, you, you guys know i mean the ultra orthodox population israel well is changing uh-huh yeah I mean the culture is changing. they're a lot more open, a lot of women working in high tech, a lot of mm-hmm. men working in accounting and learning it's it's changing it's changing it doesn't look it's for some some people from the outside it seems that everything is still black, but as I said in the beginning. <laughs> It's not really black. I want to get back to the cool stuff. Insulin. Why insulin? Why did they need it? What's
1: special about it for them?
2: I think insulin is a, is a very unique molecule. It's a unique molecule because it's, it's a commodity. It's a commodity that governments cannot afford not supplying to uh, citizens or to, to their population. So, for instance, like take the other extreme. Okay, there's medicine today for cancers that in, in prolong life, etc., very expensive, and you find them only in the U.S., Europe, Israel, or I don't know, Japan, right? Yeah. You don't find them in the in the emerging markets. You don't find them in the evolving markets because they're too expensive. Two hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Nobody can afford. Insulin is something that even an, an uh, somebody in rural India is knows that if he has diabetes. There's a cure for it. It's called insulin, and he deserves it. Uh-huh. So it's a commodity. On one on one hand, so that's and it's it's sold for for billions every year, and it's only the CAGR is just going. And up
1: there is no day. other solution as of yet.
2: There is no other solution as of yet. It's the best solution, the easiest solution, the most intelligent solution up to date. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's one. Second, second of all, and once you understand that, and there's a big market, so there's an economy for it. It's a commodity, so governments like to control it. They don't like the the idea of foreign c- companies having the grip on it. And it's a it's a it's a kind of a it's a, um, a jump board to go on into biotechnology and to you know developing uh-huh. uh, an economy with biotechnology and for. Governments and nations like China that are evolving and they have aspirations to rule, you know, rule the world. Yes. And have all the technologies within their they hands. They do have inspiration to rule the world. They do have it. And That's uh, what you felt as uh, you. Anybody, I don't think anybody visiting Beijing understands that they they consider themselves as a superpower uh-huh. and a dominating superpower. Uh, there's no question about it. And and they want to be the number one economy in the world. And to be number one economy in the world, you need. You got to have insulin. You have to have biotechnology. Right. And insulin is a step towards biotechnology because it involves all the genetic, in the ge- genetic engineering and all the processing and every all the complicated issues. And so you
1: basically help them establish the insulin uh, manufacturing plant right. there. Right.
2: What was unique, what we did was we actually gave them the recipe, which most companies don't. Can you explain that? Yes. Yeah, so Why what, don't?
1: Most companies do it
2: because uh, then that's something that I explained. If you have the recipe, you say, Why should I give you the recipe and you produce it? I'll produce it and sell you. Okay, the, sell you the final product. like
1: my it. pancake
0: recipe, basically, right?
2: It's it's it's, it's you make one tell money you that, except that
0: it's not as useful and <laughs> n- not tasty. Okay, <laughs> no one wants to buy it, but if you open the business
2: right, you would like to sell pancakes, you wouldn't like to sell the recipe of the pancake, true. Right?
0: <laughs> So if you can get any money for the pancakes or the recipe of the pancakes, you should go for it. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but 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 I mean, in this day and age that we're in, I mean, don't those kind of things like it seems like like insulin that's such a widespread you know thing. The recipe would just be on the internet, yeah, or something. Apparently
2: not. It Uh requires a lot of level of experience. I'm not saying that it's impossible. But it requires a lot of level of experience. Uh-huh. And you knowledge.
1: yourselves experienced and experienced until you reached the final version of insulin, you right? Know,
2: we, ran, we 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 struggled ourselves. We had a good idea of how to do it, but the, you know, it's it's a, it's a black. It's biology. It's a black box. You had to build it from scratch, basically. We but th- we built it almost from scratch.
1: Yes,
0: that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, how doesn't isn't, isn't insulin? I mean, produced by the body. Like, how do you? Insulin, synthetically... Can't you take slaves and just <laughs> <laughs> take you, it from at, them?
2: At, at the early days, and the early days weren't long ago. It was actually from from pigs, from swines. Really? Yeah. Wow. How did it, How you did take, they do it? You take pa- pancreases, uh, pancreatic. Uh, f- the slaughter pigs, take their pancreas, and oh ex- my e- extract uh, insulin from there. It's that not was very kosher. It's not very <laughs> kosher, but I don't think anybody had a problem when it was medicine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then what happened? How and, did then, they... and then recombinant, recombinant technology came in, which is genetic engineering. Okay, taking um, um a bacteria or a mammalian cell and actually engineering it. Uh-huh. So you take a bacteria, you insert DNA with a certain protein, and you tell the, you tell the bacteria when you want it, you give it like a chemical cue, and he says, start producing insulin.
1: Like a computer.
2: Like a computer. And bacteria has no idea what to do with insulin because it doesn't use insulin. Yes. So it just packs it up in these inclusion bodies. It's, it's
1: a certain salt. bacteria.
2: It's, it's, it's almost all bacteria. You, okay. it, in, in the pharmaceutical industry, you work with very defined bacteria. It's not something that, okay, but everything needs to be very defined and very regulated. But it's, it's
0: basically okay. bacteria. And then it produces it. It's just like, it's all sci-fi to me. So you just have this, you have this bacteria, you basically program it in a certain way, turn it on and it just starts making insulin. In the plant. And then you
1: take
2: it. Right. Then you need to extract the protein. You need to refold it. What's called refolding because a bacteria doesn't know how to, you know, proteins, they're not spaghettis. Write this down. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> write this down. Okay. It's more important than the pancake recipe. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you, you need, you you need to refold it in a, in a, in a tetrinary way, that in a 3D structure, that that humans recognize. Okay, because proteins don't—they act in their their interaction within the body is in a 3D structure, mm-hmm. or even a 4D structure. So you need to refold it, turn it into the 4D structure that we we know it is. Mm-hmm. And then we need to purify it, okay, because you don't want to get uh, that and some leftovers from the bacteria we work yeah, with. Yeah, some acid or... Right, so everything needs to be very purified, uh, extremely purified, 99% purified, purified, and that's that's it. And from there you Sounds go pretty p- complicated. It's complicated. And how you knew all that in theory, how to do it? Right it's 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 like any like any profession right if you're a programmer and you write a new program so i don't ask you how did you know to write the new program i'm a programmer and if you give me something i'll program it
1: yeah so mm-hmm. it's
2: it's a very similar you know we know how to we know how to engineer uh, 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 bacteria or mammalian cells we know how to purify protein it doesn't really matter which it is everything is a is a task everything is a challenge but it's a
0: doable challenge so how is it doing business with china from israel uh i know Bibi was just there right yeah. recently yeah, yeah, so yeah. i mean is there how are
1: the ties how's the and some process? if you have some funny misunderstandings to share with us i don't really have cool. some
2: funny misunderstanding, but i have a, i think i have a lot of insights okay. okay first of all it's it's an it's an amazing uh, culture um how so how so, uh, first of all they're ancient Okay, they go down, they go like what? us. What? But we're the ancient ones. No, they're a little bit more ancient than <laughs> us. I think we adopted a lot from them, but they go back, like the the they go back three thousand years, two thousand, three thousand years. Um, with the wall, it reminds me of you know, uh, what's it called with the thrones, the winter. Game of come, Thrones. Game of, of thrones. thrones. Winter's coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, totally. And that's one. A second, it's it's a it's a it, for us Jews, it's very interesting. There's no anti-Semitism in China. Mm-hmm. There's no religion at all. They're just
1: xenophobic to everyone. Equally.
2: I don't, they're not xenophobic. J- Japanese are xenophobic. Okay. Chinese are not. They they like Western. They like foreigners. They're not xenophobic. Um, they have not. They 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 genuinely uh, appreciate Jews as Jews. Uh-huh. There's no religion, no Christianity or old uh, history going on. And that's one. Second of all, they have a very unique way of doing business. And I, I, I recognized it at the time, and then I read it in the Financial Times for something else. For instance, in China, you, signed, you sign a contract, right? You negotiate, you negotiate, you negotiate, you sign the contract, and you're sure that's done. We mm-hmm. have a deal, it's done. And then two weeks afterwards, you'll get an email saying, like, uh, you know, section four, we'd like to change it. And you're like, what? We signed the contract. <laughs> and then I understood that that's only the beginning of the negotiations. Oh, signing the contract is only the beginning That's and beautiful. Then, and then i i read it i i had i was reading an article in financial times about chinese making business in australia with minings and everything and that was something that they noted out that they signed agreements and then the chinese came back and said okay now let's discuss the, the agreements that we signed
0: yeah <laughs> so do you sign again at the it's end it's like a memorandum yeah. for them so
2: what we did was we said we'll take advantage there's parts in the in the agreement that we don't like either uh-huh right and we were forced into it because of negotiations yeah that's so, how an israeli would think so we want to change some things too
0: not only <laughs> you that's amazing and they were like no 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 no. no, no, no. no. we signed we signed <laughs> no, and, and they're fine
2: with it yeah no perfect that's how we work great that's amazing
0: awesome. That is incredible. in In Japan, I was recently in Japan, and then I spoke with my uh, my boss. Actually, was worked there for many years, and he was explaining to me uh, something that happens there. They don't even sign contracts. Apparently, they have in Japan this just a, agreement between Japanese. Actually, with foreigners, they do. But one thing that they do there is they just they it's it's they come to an agreement verbally. If they can't come to an agreement, they talk some more. But there's no contracts involved. It's funny how there, there's this huge like distinction between these cultures. In China, they just that contracts have no meaning whatsoever. I guess they have a meaning.
2: They respect them. Yeah, but they're open for negotiations. the The fact that we signed it doesn't mean that we can't, you know, renegotiate.
1: Yeah. So, what is your company's, if you can tell us, next big challenge?
2: So we actually did a little bit of a we start as I said we started off with 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 biosimilars which is the, the generic of biologics.
1: In general your, your business model is that we sell we produce a well-known technology and sell the knowledge, right? right?
2: That was that was that's how we started off. About 3 years ago we decided that um, as when we realized that the big pharma are entering our area. Yeah. And and it won't take a long time where we'll be stumped over and kicked out we said we need to change uh, direction, So we started developing and acquiring innovative technology. It patented what we call innovation. Yes. And developing drugs from scratch mm-hmm. for, for cool. unmet needs, um, unmet diseases, etc. <laughs> and that's where we started off at acquiring technology from universities, acquiring a few companies. And today we have at least three projects going on in parallel that we plan to take them all the way through. Right. Clinical trials, etc. One for autoimmune disease. One for bleeding. Not only bleeding, for intracranial hemorrhage. Inter what? Intracranial hemorrhage. Like bleeding in, in, in the, the head. head. Right, bleeding in the head. Like we had two prime ministers that yes. that died from that. Uh, Paris, Paris and Paris. Sharon. Exactly. Yeah, and Einstein also. Right, and Arne Einstein. Uh, which is a famous singer. Yes. Um, How does it work that medication? It it, it stops. It's it, there's there's a dual effect there. I don't want to go. Okay. I don't want to get people into the science too much where it gets complicated, but it basically does two things. First of all, it stops the bleeding. One. You you give it after. Once once you're diagnosed that the, you have you have a you have a, a stroke and the stroke is a hemorrhagic stroke, and hemorrhagic stroke is only fifteen percent of strokes. Most of them are are clots. Yes. And but if you're bleeding and you get you get this medication, it's it, it kind of helps the body do what it does when it's ble- when it when it's bleeding. So when we bleed, uh, the body itself knows how to form clots and stop the bleeding. Right. And, you know, push something through the the, the, the the kid with the finger in the in the hole. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But what happens is that the the the, 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 um, the coagulation system in, in, in the blood knows how to fight that because it doesn't like clots so when mm-hmm. it sees a clot it dissolves the clot quickly because if we clot we'll die very quickly yes so it, so there's some cases where the body doesn't really know what it's doing and one, one it's bleeding so it clots and then it it's stops confused. the clotting it's confused so what we have so what our uh, molecule does is it actually helps the clot form and stops the 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 other factors of dissolving uh-huh. the clot. So it's like a traffic cop, kind right? Of. It's it's more like you know you know that you have you know that you have these this gel, these this gel, gels that you put in in tires, uh-huh. um, yes, bikes. Yes, yes. When there's a hole, it gets uh, it, immediately, it, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that, okay. that's or amazing. or a traffic cop, but right. whatever. <laughs> <you know. laughs> so that's so that's what it's supposed to do, and it's supposed to stop bleeding. We have very nice results in animals, of course, but uh-huh. in animals it's not. That's nice to have, but I don't know if you know. Um, animals don't die from stroke; they don't die from cancer. Really? So they don't
1: die from cancer.
2: There, there, there is no such thing as cancer in in rodents, for instance. Mice don't have cancer. Dogs
0: do, though. Dogs do. So what do they? Rodents don't. They have other illnesses, viruses. They, have all, or other they il- get impotence. <laughs> I don't know. Rats. <laughs> no, <dude. laughs>
2: no. I think maybe. Okay. <laughs> but um, but they they don't have cancer. And Bastards. They, they, yeah, they don't they don't get cancer, and and most of our we, we you know we check drugs in in rodents mostly. Why is that? That do we know why is that? Why 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 rats the rats and mice don't have yeah. cancer? I Probably they don't live long enough, and mm. their their genetics. I mean, they the, you know. Yeah, that's fascinating. Evolution kind of.
0: Hmm.
2: Well, the evolution
1: made them. To be rats, so at Mm -hmm. least they compensated them by not having cancer. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, And lastly, um, Shmulek, uh, back to your personal life. I wonder if you have any advice to an Orthodox who is contemplating being secular.
2: You know, it's it's a little bit. I I, I mentioned it also in that article, um, that interview that I had. It, it's it's kind of telling a gay kid, you know, um, stay in the closet or or get over it. Yeah. I think if you if 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 you're an orthodox kid and and it's kind of it's it's burning within you, you don't really have a choice. It's it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna daunt you forever. So, I I, I think today, but in our days, it's a, it's easier. Yes. There's Although it's not th-
1: easy. There it's are horrible. We just had uh, the woman who yeah, committed that's, suicide. That's a different story. It's a yeah. little
2: bit different story. That's a, that's a personal story more than a general story. Yes. Um. It, it's difficult. I'm not saying it's not. It's easier than uh, when it was in my days. There's a little bit of infrastructure to support. There's the infrastructure. You. There's organizations. There's people. Um. And but I think the most important thing I can say is that if it's really, really burning within you, it's not something that you really think it's cool to see movies or cool to see girls that's that's mm-hmm. not a that's not a good although it is cool it's cool but it's not <laughs> a good reason to go into this very difficult life it yes. needs to be something that you really genuinely within you believe that where you're living right now and the, the 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 form of life that you're in right now is just not for you and will never be with you well i think your story is such a case no, i agree
1: um because it moved us th- and it inspired us i think and this is why we wanted to have you and now we're satisfied i think <laughs> we are so what can we wish you success in your endeavors and um, just bring health to everyone and uh prosper
0: bring health and pro- you sound like an old jewish mother yeah or
1: uh, a <laughs> klingon one of the two klingon no it's uh, from star trek uh, klingon, prosper, klingon. <laughs> Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Shmulek. Bye.